for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Go to Luke chapter 16. Had the opportunity to talk to quite a few people from other churches and other denominations and stuff lately. And, you know, everybody asks you when you're a pastor, you know, what are you teaching on? And I said, well, I'm teaching on the kingdom of God. And they say, oh, you are. What are you going to teach on after that? I said, the kingdom of God. (laughs) They said, how long have you been teaching on the kingdom of God? I said, about over three years now, I think I've still been teaching on the kingdom of God. And they always ask me why I teach them on the kingdom of God. So I want to show you just a few reasons why. I do teach on the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. You know, when you study the Bible and you really get into the four Gospels and you study what Jesus did, actually you're going to find out. I better read the scripture first. Luke chapter 16. Look at verse 16. Jesus is speaking. He says, the law and the prophets were until who? Since that time, what? Is what? preached and every man does what now notice the law and the prophets were unto who now what John's are talking about there John the Baptist isn't it so the law and the prophets they were taught they were preached until who now since that time since what time since the time of John the Baptist what's preached and every man does what now notice if, if it's not preached nobody's going to be pressing into it So the key, basically, is to, here's Jesus saying, up until the law and the prophets preach up until John. And after that time, we should be preaching what? The kingdom of God. God. So basically, when you see scriptures like this, and you notice scriptures, go to Luke chapter 9. While we're right here, we'll do this quick. Here in Luke, Luke chapter 9, look at verse 1. Then he called his 12 disciples, say to sell disciples. How many of you are disciples and want to be disciples of Jesus? I'll maybe know if you're a disciple, that's who you should be a disciple of. All right, verse 1, Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over devils and to cure diseases, and he sent them to preach the? And to heal the sick. What did he send them to preach? Now notice, as I studied Jesus and I continue to study the life of Jesus and basically the red scriptures in there, you're going to find out that Jesus never really taught healing. He healed people, but he never taught healing. He never taught deliverance. He just simply did what? Delivered people. He never taught on any of those subjects. He taught on basically one subject, and that subject was the kingdom of God. Because in the kingdom of God, all these other things are a part of the kingdom of God, giving you a different viewpoint of healing and of deliverance and all these things when you get a kingdom perspective. Say kingdom perspective. So as I continue to preach on the kingdom of God, I continue to find out how much I don't know about the kingdom of God, even though I learn more. Go to Luke chapter 10. We'll do one more. Look at verse 8. Jesus says, And in whatsoever city you enter, and they receive you, eat such things that are set before you, and heal the sick that therein, and say unto them, The kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. Now notice what he instructed the disciples to preach. What did he to preach? The kingdom of God. Yet I went through Bible school. Four years I've taken in Bible schools, two different Bible schools. I've never had one class on the kingdom of God, not one. I've had classes on how to walk, how to talk, how not to chew gum, how not to spit on the front row, you know, how to stand behind the pulpit and some other things. But I'd never heard one thing about the kingdom of God. Now, if Jesus' message is the kingdom of God, and I want to be a disciple of Jesus and a minister of Jesus, then it's very important that I preach on the kingdom of God. God. Hallelujah. Good. All right. Case closed. Go to Psalm 115. 
When you got born again, you entered into the kingdom of God. At that time, the entire kingdom of God became part of your possession. It all belongs to you. You inherit it because of what Jesus did. The inheritance you will have someday is God's kingdom. It will not be heaven. It will not be religion. It will be the kingdom of heaven. You will be, have an inheritance of the kingdom of heaven. All right, Psalm 115. Look at verse 15. You are blessed of the Lord which made what? How many know he made heaven and earth? The heaven, even the heavens are who? But the earth has he given to who? So here's God. He created heaven, an invisible country. It's a regular country. It is a real country. He created earth. It's a visible country. How many know we live on it? We're here on the earth. But notice, he said heaven belongs to, but the earth he has given to who? How many of you are the children of men? So God basically started in heaven. He wanted to make earth just like heaven. Have you ever had in your heart where you just wanted everybody to love everybody and everything to be good and not have any worries, not have any cares, and have any utopia? That's God's plan from the beginning. That's what he wanted earth to be like. He wanted people to get together. He wanted people walking in love. He wanted people walking in victory. He didn't want sickness and disease. He didn't walk any of this stuff. But when Adam sinned and messed it up, everything changed. How many know everything changed? So praise God, here in the earth realm now, it's up to the children of men to do what they are called to do here in order for the kingdom of God to be transferred from heaven to earth. We're supposed to pray our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom, thy will be on earth as it is in heaven. So even the prayer that he gave Jesus was basically a prayer based on what Jesus taught and what Jesus did, and that was to get the kingdom of heaven into the earth realm. Now, if that's going to happen, who's going to do that? We are, aren't we? Okay, go to Genesis chapter 1. There's so many people in the world today living and have no idea why they're even here, why they're living. There's so many people here in the world today who are trying to live a longer life and don't even know why they're living to begin with. So why will live a longer life when you don't know what you're living for to begin with anyway? But you're going to find out that there's a purpose and a plan for each and every individual who is here. Each and every person here has a plan right now that you can fulfill at the time that you're here. How many know you're not here that long? When you're 20, it seems like you're going to be here forever. When you get older, it seems like things are going pretty quick. Yes. At least that's the way it seems to me, praise God. So what do I want to do? My heart's desire is basically to fulfill what God has put me here to do, no matter where it takes me, no matter where I got to go, no matter what I got to do, because I want to complete the purpose that I was here for. I want to touch every life that I was put here to touch. I want to make the difference that I need to make in this day and this hour before I get out of here. The Bible says, and everybody says, well, we're just waiting to die, and then God will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Well, will he? You know? What have you done the whole time you're down here? Well, I got born again. I'm going to heaven. I'm hanging on. I'm just to hang on, praying for Jesus to come back, singing, can't wait till we fly away into glory. Glory, oh, fly away into glory, praise God. But Jesus prayed that you'd stay here. Come on, why? Because he has a purpose for you to be here right now in this day and in this hour. And when you discover that purpose in your life, you will start flowing in things that you never even thought were humanly possible. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, Genesis chapter 1. Look at verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness and let him have what? Let him have what? Dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created him, male and female, he created he them. 
So here we see that man was created. Everything you need is in this verse to let you know what's going on. And God said, let us make man in our image. Now, what's God's image? He's talking about God's nature. When you got born again, you now on the inside of you, you have God's nature on the inside of you. Love, joy, peace, power, all these things are already on the inside of you here. You don't look for anything out here whatsoever. Let me just back up. And Isaiah talks about Jesus coming, and when Jesus comes, the government is going to be on his. Now notice what it says. It doesn't say heaven's going to be on his shoulders. It doesn't say religion's going to be on his shoulders. It says government. Say government. government. Until you start thinking about the Bible as a governmental book rather than a religious book, you're not going to be able to understand the book at all. It's got to do with a king and his kingdom. That's what this Bible has to do with. It doesn't have to do with any other kind of religious things. It's a king setting up his kingdom in order to rule over a place called earth and a place called, or a place called heaven and earth by the sons and daughters that he created to do that work for him down here. So it says he's going to bring a government. Say government. government. Now, why should a heavenly government with God as the king excite me that that is coming back? Because look around at the other governments. Yeah. I mean, look around. Every government out there, I don't care if it's a dictatorship, it may start out good, but after a while it's terrible. China starts out, basically it's got a form of government, now everybody's poor, everybody's sick, too many people, it's a total mess, and everybody says, well, America's the great dream. Look at our government. Come on, the great dream now has drug problem everywhere, the great dream now is killing hundreds of thousands of babies every year. Is that the kind of government that you want to live under for the rest of your life? No. So a new government's coming. Glory to God. And this government's not going to be a government out here. This government's going to rule from in here. Anytime you're being ruled by things out here, you're not being ruled by the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is in you. Say the kingdom of God, kingdom of God is in me. Is in it's already on the inside of you. So what am I going to do? I'm going to live by the inside, not by the outside. You know why you're worried all the time? Because you're living out here. Fearful all the time? You're living about things out here. You've got to understand there is a kingdom of God in here that's a lot more powerful. Greater is he. We say the scripture all the time. Greater is he that's in me that he's in the world. I'm sure scared. Everything's gone. We're good at memorizing and quoting things. But you've got to understand, no, greater is he. That is in me than anything that I run into in the world because I've got a kingdom answer on the inside of me for every natural problem that's out here but if you're going to deal problems out here with answers out here you're going to fail every single time but on the inside of you there is a kingdom there's everything that you need there is love there is joy there is peace and changing is not you trying to do better see when I was in Christianity and that's where I was at and I didn't know anything about the kingdom I was supposed to do better are you doing something wrong stop it do better You've got a drinking problem? Stop it. Do better. You're a Christian. We don't do those things. You don't do that. Just work hard. Work at it. You can do it. You can do it. But there is no transformation in your life by you trying to do anything. The only transfer in your life comes by believing something different than you're already believing. That transforms you. You're transformed from faith to not you struggling to you and you trying to you and you doing your best to you. And that's why Christianity wore me out. Because I do good for a little bit. Woohoo! Two days in a row. I haven't cussed in two days. Praise God. Somebody pulls out in front of me and I give them three weeks worth. Well, cancel out those two stars on my little good day calendar. 
See, I was trying my best. I was doing my best. Then I started to see, and I started to, the divine nature of God started to live on the inside of me. And, and then I didn't have to fight cursing because I just didn't curse anymore because I'm not a curser. I'm not a drinker. I'm not an upset man. I'm not an angry man. I'm not all these things. I am what God told me. I am what God told I am what he said. I, I, say, I am what he said. Uh, it, See, Jesus is saying, I am when he's high, where he goes, I be. But notice, when the change is on the inside of you, and that faith will take you from faith to faith, and as you go from faith to faith, you go from one level of to another level of But Christianity taught me, you've got to do better. you just got to do it. The pastor would get up there and say, are you lying? Quit. Are you sick? Get well. If you're doing this, do it. Well, I was doing my best to do it, and it wasn't working. Then I found out I wasn't a liar. I found out that I wasn't the angry man everybody told me that I was. I found out that I had patience, long-suffering. And when I saw myself as a patient, long-suffering man, I, now I don't have to get angry anymore. You know what that causes? Stability. Oh, my God. Stability. Stable. Most people are killing themselves. They want to blame the devil, but they're so worried all the time, so fearful all the time, going nuts all the time, that it works on your physical body. It makes a difference. I was telling Becky, I was, I was reading a story the other day where, where there's two people came into the cancer institute there, and one of them came in, and the doctor said, well, it's pretty bad. You've probably got about a month to live. Well, they, they diagnosed this person, and they diagnosed that person. So they wrote the diagnosis down on a piece of paper, and they said, I'm sorry, and gave it to each one. One had cancer that was almost all the way through their body. They were going to die. They accidentally gave that person the one that said that it was light cancer, and chemo would take care of it in no time. But the other one who had light cancer, got the one that says you're going to die in a month. A month later, this one was dead. This one was healed. Oh, why is that? Because what you think and how your emotions act and how you stuff react has a lot to do on your physical body, basically. See? And when you get in the kingdom of God, what the kingdom of God does when you start to understand who you are in the kingdom of God, it brings peace and the joy that's already on the inside of you out of you, and you're no longer worrying and killing yourself, fearing and killing yourself, upset and killing yourself, angry and killing yourself. But we grew up with the fact that basically we've got to be like everybody tells us we are. See? Our family was a long line of drinkers. We drink. What do we do when we get in trouble? We drink. What do we do when a problem comes? We drink more. See, that's what you're taught. So you're growing up and you're saying, I got a problem. You know what I'm going to do? Drink. I'm going to the bar and I'm settling my issue. How many know it settled it for about three hours? And then I had two problems. My original problem and my head. Sometimes my stomach. Sometimes you moved into the bathroom hotel for the night. Do you see? But, but we're all looking for a fulfillment that's in our heart, basically. Every human being wants power. And why is that? Because you were created with power. You were created basically as a person with dominion and with power because you're supposed to be ruling down here on the earth. Now, you're not ruling other people. You're ruling everything around you from the forces of darkness to all this other stuff here on the earth. So you have authority and you have power. God has put that desire on the inside of each and every one of us. Now, how you pursue to get that power is the problem. And how do most people pursue power? Come on. What is it? What's everybody go after? Money. If I can just get enough money, all my problems will go away. If I could just hit the old lotto one time, praise God, I'd have it. But then you go out and you read in the paper where this millionaire commits suicide. 
This millionaire is sick and can't get healed. I mean, no money won't help you in those situations. The only thing that helps you in those situations is something that's called the kingdom of God that gives you legitimate and legal authority and power in your life to rule over the situations and the circumstances in your life. I found out that I can throw peace into a situation and bring peace. I can throw love into a situation where there is no love whatsoever and that love will conquer that stuff and just drive it out of there, praise God. People can walk in front of you and just scream, call you every name in the book, shout and holler, and when they take a breath, you just say, I really love you. And I'll tell you what, it, it, it's like punching them in the stomach. They say, they don't even know what to say anymore. Instead of going, oh yeah, let me tell you. See, all you're doing is acting in the natural realm and you're reacting to that thing and all you're going to do is intensify that thing. But on the inside of you, there is a bucket of water that can put out any fire that you run into. If you follow the nature that God has placed on the inside of you, you can put out those things, praise God. A soft answer turns away. It's all in the book. It's all in the Constitution. But the question is, are we doing it that way? Well, God, give me peace, give me peace. No, you've got peace. You just won't use it. You just won't do what God has told you to do. So power. Every person's after power. People want money. They think that's going to give them power. You're going to go after something because you still got the void in here of doing what you were called to do with the vacuum on the inside of you. So there's a vacuum in there. I want to rule and reign. And I tell you what, everybody's born with this because you got a four-year-old kid and you tell him to do something. How many of you know you don't have to train him to say no? See why? That was born on the inside of him. He, was, he wants to have authority. He wants to have power. But he's got to be trained how and when to use it. That's, right. That's your job. See? And sometimes you've got to use the stick of love. Yes. Yes. Just get a stick and write love on it. <coughs> and use the stick of love. Praise God. See, so everybody's got that, uh, that authority. I want to have authority. I want to rule. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. And many people get to the point where they, they don't even, even want God to tell them what to do. I got this, God. I'll take care of this. Until they end up in such a bad mess that they finally turn to God and say, hey, I give up. I messed up. I'm going to do something else. So power and authority is something that's been placed on the, each and every side of us. We want to rule. We want to reign. I believe everybody who's been born has been born to be a leader. That's just what I believe. I don't believe there are followers when you're born again in the kingdom of God. You were all created to be leaders. You're always looking to go in a direction and lead some other people or someone else in the right direction in the kingdom of God so they understand what's going on. Say, I am, I am a, child a child of God, of God. in the kingdom, in kingdom of, God. of God. So notice here he says, let them. Say, let them. Let them. Say it again, let them. let them. Now notice, as soon as God said, let them, he released himself from the earth realm. He said, let them, let man have dominion. He didn't say let us. He said, let them. So at that time, man became the ruler here on the earth. When Adam was here, he had everything that he needed. How I many you know he made a little mistake? Yeah. And when he did that, basically, bad things happened. But notice he said, let them. So he gave dominion to man. This is why Jesus came. People say, well, God, he's up in heaven. Why didn't he just zap everybody or something after Adam sinned and, and wash his sin away and do this and do that because God had no legal right in the earth realm whatsoever. He gave it to mankind. So what did he have to come as? Man. A man. He came as Jesus the man and Christ the God on the inside of Jesus. What for? To deliver mankind. He could now have authority. He could now have dominion. Why? Because he was in an earth suit. Say an earth suit. Earth suit. How many of you in an earth suit today? Yeah. How many know this is not you? 
There's a real you on the inside of you. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a physical body. So basically, Jesus came as a man, God in the flesh, to deliver mankind so that mankind could be restored, say restored, back to his original position. Now, let me ask you, when Adam fell, did he fall from heaven? Then we're not going to get restored back to heaven. Did he fall from religion? Then he's not going to be restored back to religion. He's going to be restored back to the dominion and power in Genesis 1.26 and the image and likeness of God. But the church has been doing this for a long time. This book's here. It falls down. I want to restore the book. I'm going to put it over here in heaven. Man's restored. No, he's not. Heaven is not your restoration. Being brought back to your original position is your restoration. Now, when you find out you've been brought back to your original position, you're going to find out that you've got some authority you didn't know you had. You're going to find out you've got a relationship with God that you didn't know you had. You're going to find out that you've got on the inside of you something bigger than you ever thought that you had. Christianity wants you to work your way to get there. No. When you got born again, you got born into that family. The whole kingdom of God became yours. It's all part of you. It's there. I remember about five years ago, I'm praying, and it was a time when everybody was into fervent prayer. So I was getting fervent. Ever get fervent? Oh, my God. Can you see me, Lord? Probably thought I was doing something else. But I was being fervent. I was saying, God, I need God, you got to do this. God, you got to do that. God, you got to do this. And I mean, I read the Bible enough. I should have known some of this stuff. And God finally broke in and he said, you know what I want you to do? I said, no, no, what? He said, I want you to raid my fridge. I said, said, what? I want you to raid my fridge. I said, raid your fridge, I don't know if that was God or who the heck that was. Who tells you to raid your fridge? And I sat there for a little bit, and the Holy Ghost says, you don't understand. As a son in the family of God, every legal right that you need and everything that you want already belongs to you. You keep trying to qualify. You keep trying to earn. You try to keep getting things from the Father, and you don't have to do that because you're a son of the living God, and that's where you belong, praise God. You are a family. And then he showed me. He says, how about your two sons? Did they ever come home from school and say fervently, milk? Milk, milk, milk. No, they walk in the house, throw their books on the floor. Come on, open the fridge, get the milk, try to drink out of the container unless you catch them. Then they pour it in the glass. Why? They're sons, praise God. They belong in the family. This belongs to them. They go in and get it. Then they got girlfriends. So here comes these little girlfriends, and they come in, and they sit down and sit there in the corner, and I say, would you like a water? Oh, yes, I'll have a water. So I get them a water, and I bring it to them, and, and they're sitting there. Would you like something to eat? Uh, yes, okay. So I go get them something to eat, and it goes on like that for about six months. And after six months, they walk in the house, they throw their crap down, they go to the fridge, they open the door, they get whatever they want to do, they drink it, they, they want a water, they get it. They want ice cream, they get it. They want something, they get it. Why is that? Because their thought life had been changed. Come on now. They belong to the family now, praise God. Whatever he's got belongs to me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That belongs to me. They got ice cream in there? Let me see, praise God. I've got see, they changed the way that they were thinking to a son. And as Christians, we've had bad thinking. I'm just serving you, Lord, the best I can. Please give me just a little bit today. Just pay my bills. When he wants to pay your bills, buy your house, get you a car, and give you more to give. See, because we got this servant at it. You know, I'm just serving Jesus. I'm just, could you imagine your kids doing that? What are you doing today, son? I'm just serving you, daddy. See, it's family. Praise God, we are family. We just sang Child of God. It was an easy song to sing, but I tell you what, you are 
a child of God. And everything that God has from healing to deliverance to prosperity to peace to joy already belongs to you on the inside. You are a son and daughter of the living God. And he wanted me to start raiding his fridge. So I said, praise God, okay. I got a little sore, sore back here. Healing, praise God. Thank you very much. Praise God, healed. Before that, was, am I praying long enough to get healed? Uh, during worship, did I jump twice or should I jump three times to get my healing? Uh, was I fervent enough to get my healing? And the whole time, the fridge was there wide open. And there sat my healing right there that was already provided for me. The Bible says, uh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his, forget not all the things you can earn from him. No, they're benefits. They're benefits to you being in the kingdom of God. It's your inheritance. It belongs to you. It's already yours. And many of the things that we're trying to get we either trying to manipulate God to get them, trying to talk him into giving us those things, when he's already given us everything that we'll ever need in our lives. And the only problem is you've got to think differently than we're thinking. See, we're still thinking, well, why won't God do this? Well, God did it, the fridge is open, and you're just not going to the fridge, see? See, it doesn't work that way. So I started finding out that everything that I need, the peace that I need is already in me. Now, what am I going to do with my dominion? When something comes to try to steal my peace, I'm going to use my dominion to stay right there and walk in peace and joy, praise God, no matter what. When sickness tries to hit my body, which it does, well, he's a pastor. He never goes through that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then I ordain you all pastors. You'll never have to go through it again. No, it doesn't work that way. Symptoms come on me just like they come on you. And I got to stand my ground. I'm not going to beg God to heal me when he already healed me. I'm going to use my authority to stand there in the name of Jesus and tell that thing to get off my body. It doesn't belong on here. Tell my sinuses to dry up. Tell my voice to come back. Tell all this stuff. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good fight of faith. It's a good fight. Why? Because it's already been won. Hallelujah, the devil's defeated, sin, sin, sin shall not overtake you. you. You've got authority over sin. You don't have, well, I just got to do that because I've always sinned. I've always acted that way. No, you don't. You've got authority over that now. When you start using your authority, things are going to start changing up in your life. Then you're going to start using your authority on other people. Because you're not going to see that thing like you used to see it. You're going to see it as an attack of an enemy that does not have a legal right to attack that person anyway. And you're going to stand up in authority. And you're going to run that thing out of their lives in the name of Jesus Come on, where the power of God is in your life. But we've got to see that. We're still way down here trying to get God to do this and God to help us and trying to get closer to God and trying to, trying to perceive God and get God. And, and all these religious activities that I used to do were a total waste of time in my life. They were. They weren't. I was trying to get things from God that he already gave me as my inheritance and they already belonged to me. So healing is not a question. It's yours today. It's already in God's fridge. Come on, peace is in there, joy is in there, power is in there, praise God. Hallelujah. I, I got more people healed when I wasn't thinking about it. I just read the scripture that said, you shall receive power and the Holy Ghost comes going. Okay, I got power. And I went out and started laying hands on everybody. Then somebody said, you better be careful. Because if you're not doing your power will go away. Oh, really? And if this don't work, then your power ain't there anymore. And pretty soon I was so confused, I didn't know if I had any power or not. So I had to go back to the Constitution Come on. It says, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive. And watch this. You shall be, not go. Amen. You shall be a witness, not go witnessing. Mm. Chal Church is gone witnessing. Here we go today. Get your track. Here we go. We're going to get a bunch of people saved at the park today. He never told you to go witnessing. He told you to be a witness. Now, why, how can I be a witness unless I've got the power 
and we're not using the power to be a witness. I'll tell you what, you go out and you lay your hands on three people who are sick in a crowd, and they all get healed, you won't have to have any problem handing out tracts. You see, we're witnesses. What's a witness? A witness has to have some evidence. I mean, you ain't got to call anybody in the court that don't have any evidence. Would you testify? I don't know anything about it. Well, thank you for coming. See, it doesn't work that way. We shall be a witness. Why? Because the Holy Ghost came upon us and we had power. And now we're going to witness to what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God is here. Praise God. That's why he told his disciples, go. Go. Heal the sick. Go. Cast out devils. Why? The kingdom of God is. But watch what also he said. He said, repent. For the kingdom of God. Why? Because you're thinking stupid. You're thinking like someone who's not even a son or daughter, not even the kingdom of God, but I want you to know the kingdom of God is here, so you need to repent. You need to think like a kingdom of God person, who you are, a son of God, a daughter of God, with all the rights. See, this book is not religious, it's legal. This is a legal document, praise God, right here. Everything in here is legitimate. It is legal. It's called a testament. See, it's a legal thing. All right, go to Luke. I don't know where I was, but go to Luke. Go to Luke 15. And Christianity always taught me to wait. You know, in 1993, when the Spirit of God moved, just wait. In another couple of years, it's going to be a giant move of the Holy Ghost. So I waited in 1996. And somebody else would come along and say, just wait. You know why? Because there's going to be a revival like you've never seen before. Just wait. And I got to 2000 and nothing happened. Pretty soon somebody else comes along. Just wait. Wait a little bit longer. 2005, next year. 2010, and if they could rhyme it with the end of the year, then you knew it was coming that year. But it never came that year. And here, everybody in the church is waiting for this big revival. And if you just look on the inside of you, mm-mm. There's a revival on the inside of you that's just been waiting to break out your whole entire life, but you won't line up your thought life with it, so you're blocking it down in there, and you're spiritually constipated by your thought life. All that power's on the inside of you. All that glory's on the inside of you. All right, look at chapter 15. Look at verse 11. Jesus is speaking. He said, and he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there he wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all there, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave him nothing." And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise, go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy sons. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Verse 20, and he rose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and are no more worthy to be called your son.
But the father said to his servant, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this son of mine was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and he is found. And he began to make merry. Hallelujah. What's he doing? He's giving you a diagram of what happened to you. How many know at one time you were lost? At one time you were in the pig pen. At one time you've been happy just to have a piece of corn. But you couldn't even get that. That wouldn't even fulfill it. And all at once you say, well, I might as well try something different. So you came back to God. And in that moment, whether it was a church, whether it was in your private bedroom, wherever it was, that day you cried out to God and praise God, you got born again into the kingdom of God. Now there's got to be a change, a repentance in your mind of how you see yourself because you see yourself as sick, a loser, down and out, and no good. So you're coming back to the Father. How many people have ever heard Christians pray? Oh, Lord, I know I don't deserve it. I know I probably won't get it. I know I've been too bad for me to happen. But praise God, please do this for me. How many know that's not raiding anybody's fridge? That's putting a lock on the fridge and trying to get in the thing. See, it doesn't work that way. And that's been our mentality. And a lot of religions have taught us to think that way. You're a rotten, filthy, dirty sinner and don't think you're going to be anything but that, praise God, because that's just where you're going to be. Until Jesus comes back, then we'll all go to heaven. Well, praise God. How many know you've got to live down here? So if you get born again at 18 and you live like the devil till you're 88, it's going to be a long 70 years. See, but it doesn't work that way. He comes out and he says, hey, here's a ring. You belong to my family. This is what God is telling you this morning. You belong to my family. I've got the fatted calf. I've got the best stuff that you ever wanted to get. It belongs to you. You're my son and my daughter. It's all yours. Don't look at yourself as poor and down and out and lazy and no good and can't do nothing and can't do this. Praise God. That's who you are. You are my son and daughter. Praise God. And I want you to start acting like it. I wish you would come boldly to my throne and obtain mercy and grace in a time of need when you need it. All right, look at the next verse, verse 25. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him safe and sound. And he rejoiced and danced and said, My brother's back. Praise God forever. No, he was angry, would not even go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, never transgressed at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never even gave me a goat that I might have merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son has come, which has devoured thy living and his harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have... My God, I would underline that. All that I have is, is yours. So here's the other son. The other son's in the kingdom of God, and he's in there, and he's working his tail off. I mean, he's spinning the bingo balls. He's cleaning the toilets. He's doing everything that he can do to get in the good graces of his father God, doing everything he can. He's praying as long as he can. He's dancing. He's trying to do everything to impress the father. And the father said, you don't have to do anything to impress me. Because you're already my son. You already got born into the kingdom of God. I don't need you to impress me. I'll tell you what, there's people out there who aren't even born again who are living in more favor of God than people who are in the kingdom. You remember what God said? He don't have anything against anybody out there. He says, when it rains, how many know it rains on the good and the bad? Wouldn't that be something if you're walking down the street and the sun's shining and there's somebody over here who's a sinner and it's just pouring? <laughs> Yet that's how we want to look at people. See what I mean? Or in the kingdom, where they're not going to get blessed, and they got twice as much money as you, 
They're living in more peace in you, more joy in you. See, God's in favor of blessing everybody. Sons and daughters and everybody else, the favor of God is there to be had by anybody. If you follow the laws of God, you don't have to be born again to succeed in this life as far as financially. All you've got to do is obey what God tells you to do in laws, and you do it. Remember, well, I don't, can't go into that yet. Re- remember the one where they went out in the fields and... One went out at 11, one went out at noon, one out one went out. And then he got back and he got mad. You know, got mad. I worked all day long and they got the same thing that I got. You don't understand, it's an inheritance. It don't matter when you come into the kingdom, you get the same inheritance of the other person. The problem with those other people is they were trying to work to get more for inheritance, and they already had the inheritance. They didn't have to work for more. Everything belonged to them at 11 o'clock, the next people at 2 o'clock, the next people at 4 o'clock, but the ones at 11 o'clock thought they earned something. So you don't, you don't earn anything from God. God has freely given you everything that you did while you were yet a sinner. Christ died for you. So in the kingdom of God, what do I want to do? I just want to, by the Spirit of God on the inside of me, which is the power of God on the inside of me, I want to stay connected to heaven and to God and just live my life in peace and joy, understanding basically of all the blessings that he's already given me. He's already blessed you with every spiritual blessing. What could you earn from him if he's already blessed you with every spiritual blessing? Religion teaches you, religion teaches you Santa Claus. You better not cry, you better not pout, tell you why Santa Claus is coming to town. So every time you do something wrong, you think the blessings go away. They don't go away. They are there for you to receive each and every day. But you've got to stay alive. Say, stay alive. alive. Now, when you study God and his creation, everything that God creates basically has to have a relationship with something else in order to survive. So a fish has to have a relationship with what? Water, doesn't it? A plant has to have a relationship with what? Soil. And if you find out in the beginning, God breathed his spirit in him. Man has to have a relationship with the spirit of And when he sinned and lost the Spirit of God, the Bible said Adam died. He didn't die because God killed him. He died because he left the relationship that he needed to have in his life. So what was Jesus' purpose of coming here? A lot of different purposes, but one was to die on the cross so that you could be born again and declared right standing with God again so that he could once again fill you with that Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And what does that do? It gives you your lifeline back to God. So now we're walking in the kingdom of God. And the Holy Ghost will teach you about the kingdom of God if you want to know. Mm-hmm. I found out it just don't fall out of a tree and hit you upside the head. And all at once you get it or whatever. The Bible says, seek and you shall. Awesome. Knock and the door will be. So as you continue to study the kingdom of God, I would say, go through the New Testament and check out the parables. Yeah. And read the ones that say, the kingdom of heaven is like. How many know that has something to do with the kingdom of God probably? So you want to study those. You want to apply them to your life. You want to look at them legal, as legal documents, not religious stuff. Look at them as legal. This is a legal document given to you, praise God. And there it is. So I go through and I see that I've been blessed with all spiritual blessings. Am I going to go home and pray for spiritual blessings today? No. I've already got spiritual blessings. When I need a spiritual blessing, what am I going to do? Thank God for that spiritual blessing. Thank God for the peace. Thank God for the joy. Thank God for the... I remember one service I was watching a long time ago that I didn't really understand back then. It was a long time ago. It was on TV when we first moved down here. And uh, Rod Parsley. Did you ever hear of Rod Parsley? Rod Parsley was on there. He was back there 20 years ago and whatever. And he was preaching and walking. He has a big congregation up there in Columbus, Ohio. And almost like two people stood up in the middle of that congregation and started, I don't know, they were shouting and screaming and making monkey shines and all this stuff. And he walks over to him and he just goes, thank God for perfect peace. 
Thank God for the peace that passes all understanding. And those two people sat down, shut up, didn't say another word. Why is that? Because he knew what he had in him, what he could release. Remember the Bible says, when you go preaching and you walk into a house and you give them your peace, and guess what? If they don't take it, you know what you do? Take it back. Is that something? So not only can you give it out, you can take it back if you want to. Do not like what I'm preaching? I'll just take my peace and leave you right where you're at. Praise God, suffer. It's amazing how that stuff works. You can give this stuff out just like a natural thing and take it right back. You can give your joy out, they don't want to receive it. Take it back, praise God. Hallelujah. Give them a lemon, move on. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. But notice, that's what we do. We influence things around us. We have an influence every place we go. The kingdom of God's on the inside of us. We bring peace into a situation that needs it. Blessed are the peacemakers. See? It's in the Bible. They're all there. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to just release the nature of God into every situation, every circumstance, rather than talk about them. Every time I get around them, they're so negative. Just hit them with about five straight positive things. They'll either never talk to you again or they'll change. And that's the way it works. If they don't want to change, then they're just going to go find somebody else, you know what I mean, to spew whatever they want to spew. But we don't do that. We're kingdom of God people. And I'll tell you what, if you've got health problems right now, you start walking in joy and peace rather than worry and fear, I guarantee there'll be a change. I guarantee there'll be a change in your physical body. There'll be no stress. There'll be no pains. There'll be no cramps. There'll be none of this stuff, praise God. Your spirit, it'll feel better, praise God. I feel younger right now than I did years ago. And this is where you say, you look at two, Pastor. Ah. Get somebody up here with cue cards to sing around. We need to do that, praise God. Hallelujah. No, really, I'm telling you, this is the way to live. This is the best way to live. Worry is wasting minutes, hours of your life. Fear, wasting hours. Anger, no good. Silent treatment, forget about it, praise God. You're blessing someone with that anyway. Not talking to you anymore. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Prayer, another prayer answered. But that's not what we think, is it? We think we're going to teach them a lesson. Oh, it doesn't work that way, praise God. See, that's all stuff that we've been trained, we've been taught, we've been... That's why Paul said in one of his scriptures is, you know, I got in the kingdom of God and everything I learned up to this point is what? Dung. Dung is not a nice thing, praise God, if you look it up. Why is that? Because everything they learned up to this point really wasn't helping him. But the kingdom of God will help you. I'll be honest, I was in Christianity a long time, and it wasn't really helping me. I, I believed in healing. I believed in all this stuff, and, and it, but it wasn't working. I believe in healing, but I'm sick. I believe in prosperity, but I'm broke. I believe in joy. I ain't got an ounce, but I believe in it, and I'm singing the songs, and I'm doing it. And then when I got started serving the kingdom of God and finding out the potential that God has placed on the inside of each and every person here every in her hair I think most of hers is but in everybody else's heart praise God hallelujah so seek the kingdom of God live the kingdom of God live in righteousness joy and peace in the Holy Ghost you'll feel so much better your days will be full you won't have to sleep 14 hours a day praise God because there's not so much stress on you and everything will work good father I thank you for your word this morning I thank you for a, a possibility praise God to live more and more in the kingdom of God each and every day thank you for Jesus hallelujah thank you for sending him down here to 
pay our price so that we could be once again filled with the Holy Ghost every single day of our life. I thank you for the power that you've placed on the inside of us, the peace and the joy and the patience and the love that's in there. And Father, we thank you that these spiritual forces will go with us. They will influence the people around us. They'll influence our family members. They'll influence our co-workers. They'll influence our people in church, praise God, that we go to church with. We thank you for the difference that we're making through the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. And we thank you for wisdom, knowledge, and revelation in the kingdom of God this week. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.